Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. WSSP Milwaukee, WXSS HD2 Wauwatosa. The Packers are 3-0. Rodgers looks unstoppable. Can the Falcons put a damper on their run? We're talking Monday Night Football. Packers-Falcons on the fan. All right, get your helmets on. Let's go, let's go. It's time to hear from some of the best high school football coaches in the area. It's the Varsity Blitz High School Football Coaches Show. Presented by your local pick and save stores. I feel that chill. Smell that fresh cut. Let's turn it over to Muskego Athletic Director Ryan McMillan. And the fans high school insider, big time, Mike McGivern. Welcome to the Varsity Blitz High School Football Coaches Show presented by your local pick and save stores on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. I'm Mike McGivern, my co-host, the AD over at Muskego High School. He's Ryan McMillan. So first home game in the books, buddy. How'd it go? Oh, it was great. It uh, Not only did we get a win with our football program and our boys played well, but our, our community uh, was super responsible. Um, followed every guideline. Our student section did a really nice job of uh, staying within the bounds and the expectations that we asked them to, and it, it worked out really, really well. And, and I think people noticed that uh, if we all work together and we all act civically responsible, we can do a lot of really cool things for kids, and, and we saw that last night. Well, I'll tell you what, I, I from uh, the guy that uh, we had over at your game, Mike Bush, I think he had homecoming and parents night all together just saying, hey, look, let's do this now because we don't know what's going to happen tomorrow uh, in, in today's world, right? So let's make sure that we, we take care of this and we highlight this and we get you know this stuff in early in the season just in case we don't get to the end. Yeah, no doubt it was uh, from an AD standpoint, it was... Uh... I'll say a little stressful because we put it all all on one, but uh, we did a really nice job, and our, our program leaders, our advisors, our coaches, our high school administration, our teachers, you know, and our parents, and even the school board, 
uh, all worked together and, and we made it happen and um, it's in the books now and so we got it in so if something uh, catastrophic happens where we can't keep going um, you know at least at least we did uh, did right by the seniors anyway and honored those kids and and said thank you and those senior families and said thank you and they got to perform at least once at home and we'll see where the the future takes us right yeah I, I agree with that and I understand you guys played pretty well last night you know, Waukesha West had a bye their first week because uh, um, Kettle Moraine had to shut it down. And I know that they scrimmaged against uh, Brookfield East. But, you know, that first quarter, your first game, when the other team has played a game, that's a difficult spot to be in. And, you know, they uh, that first quarter was tough for Waukesha West, but they're an awfully good football team. Yeah, their, uh, their offense had a little momentum. They came out swinging. I thought there was a lot of energy on both sides. Uh, for both teams early on and they came out swinging and tried to take it to our defense and um, as so many times as you've seen in the last three years our defense responded and responded in a big way with two takeaways and uh, punching and stripping that ball out getting an interception and and setting our offense up to to do what they do best and, and grind away and you know by the fourth quarter you could see Muskego kind of wore out the Wolverines and um, another W for the Warriors. Well, we're going to uh, we're going to talk to the uh, D coordinator at Waukesha West and two seniors uh, that play for them. Uh, the second half of the show at 10:15, Dan Brunner, executive director of the WFCA, is going to join us for two segments, and we're going to just talk a little bit about. Look, here we go. You know, we're we're, we're a couple of weeks in now. How are things going? Um, and then if it's okay with you, Ryan, I want to talk a little bit about what we talked about last week with some ideas on maybe how playoffs could be um, looked at and to see if the WFCA wants to kind of join that bandwagon or where they stand on it. And, you know, Dan Brunner never runs from a fight. Um, he <laughs> will tell us exactly how he's feeling, and he'll tell us what he's thinking about that. At 1045, we're going to name our UW Credit Union Team of the Week. And there's a couple that have, that have been going through my mind, and I've been sending the text messages. And I think we may have come on to one, the one that we think. And, and during the break, you and I will uh, talk in person and make that decision. 11 o'clock, our current electric superhero of the week. Wait till you meet, wait till you meet Paris Wooden from Greendale. We had uh, Rob Stoltz, the head football coach, on last night on the scoreboard show. And, and I said, hey, by the way, we're going to have Paris Wooden on our show. And he's like, Really? I go, yeah, she's our current electric superhero of the week. He could not, could not say enough good things about this young lady. She's a junior at Greendale, and she's got a list as long as my arm. I said, Paris, we don't have a full hour to talk about all the things you do, so give me a couple of them. Here's the funny part, Ryan. She got done. We got off the phone. Five minutes later, she sent me a text that said, hey, I forgot. I'm also on National Honor Society. <laughs> now, I'd lead. Awesome. Hey, Ryan, I would lead with that. That would have been big for me. I'd lead with it, but she kind of forgot about it. So she's got. She'll be great at eleven o'clock. At eleven fifteen, Steve Vitale, D coordinator at Waukesha West, along with uh, Tate Peters and C.J. Greiser, going to join us. Uh, a couple of seniors, and and we're going to have dual uh, pick and save student athletes of the week. I talked to Steve Rux, and Steve said, "Hey, look, Mike. You know me. I'll come on your show anytime." I've been on it a million times, and it's always been fun. But I'd like to maybe kind of throw a curveball at you. I said, what do you need? And he said, uh, you know what? I uh, I would like Steve Vitale to do a D coordinator uh, that we have. Young guys, got a great future. And, and I think he this is something he would he would really enjoy and do a great job on. 
And I said, good. I asked him about the pick and save student athlete of the week, and he said, you know what? We have two guys that are really well-deserving. Both of these two guys are going to be on your show. I'm going to let Steve flip a coin. And I said, you know what? No, we're gonna, we'll, we'll uh, pick and save. We'll be okay. My friends at Ideal Logos and Smoking Hot Mary will be okay. We'll have two for this week. And he said, that's great. So that's what we're going to do um, this week on this show. And Steve Vitale and these two seniors will join us for two or three segments. And then Ryan and I will uh, will close up the show. Any surprises last night on uh, some of the games? And I don't know if you had a chance yet to look at the scores. Uh, no, not too many. Not too many. I kind of have the score sheet up uh, right now, but I'll be completely honest with you. I uh, I was more um, concerned with what the task was last night at hand in terms of uh, you know everything we went from game management was uh, brand new. So I wish I would have had some more time. I saw the classic eight uh, scores and I didn't see too many surprises there. It kind of the top four kind of shook out and. I uh, got some W's and the others didn't, and so I don't. Uh, I'm gonna have yeah, to lean yeah. on you for this tonight. Sure. Yeah, I'll just uh, throw a couple out that surprised me. I think um, Wauwatosa West is much better than we thought. Um, you know, and they've they've been good over the years. They've had a dip here or there, but to beat New Berlin Eisenhower 48-6, and they they hung on with Catholic Memorial last week. I think Wauwatosa West team we have to look at. Um, Wauwatosa East got a win against New Berlin West, which I think is a big deal. And, and I'm happy for Wauwatosa East. And, and you know what? That's a really good quality win for, uh, for them and that program and that coach over there. And, and uh, I've had a chance to talk to him a couple weeks ago and enjoyed the conversation that we had. Um, I watched the Catholic Memorial Brookfield Central game as we were in studio. Um, it was the Thursday Night Lights High School football game of the week. They played it on Friday. And, uh, you know, Catholic Memorial, Brook Central, two of the best programs in our area. And it, and it was a good game, 17-10 final Catholic Memorial. And then our boys at Grafton. You know, Pewaukee took the lead with a couple minutes to go last night. And uh, Grafton got a win 13-9 and uh, held on to beat a good Pewaukee team. I thought that was pretty impressive. You know, I feel, I feel bad. I didn't know until, you know, a couple days ago that Marquette, High School and, and Wisconsin Lutheran have been given the okay to go back and play. So Marquette played Wisconsin Lutheran last night and beat them up pretty good, 52-13. And uh, in, interested to see how both those teams react. Not playing last week, playing this week, and now getting kind of back at it. So those are a couple of things that jumped out at me, Coach. Yeah, no, those are all really good scores. And just uh, as I was listening to you, kind of following along, I did notice uh, – I noticed Hartford went to yeah. Homestead and beat Homestead at Homestead. I don't know when the last time they have lost a conference game on their home field. Um, um, I'd be interested to know the history of that right there if we could find it. But uh, And then our boys uh, down at Lake Geneva Badger, they had a oh, tight one, and man. Union Grove got them by five, it looks like. So I bet uh, Coach Hensler is... Uh, is in no mood to come on the radio today. <laughs> no, and you know what? These are two games in a row that I think last week you lost by one or two, and this week by a couple. And and I just uh, I'm not going to call him for a bit, man. I love him too much to have to call him because he's going to be yelling at me, and I, I no thanks. And and I think his kids obviously are competing really hard, 
Um, that's a tough conference, and uh, he'll get them going. He'll get he'll get a couple of wins and and uh, and do really well down there. The the uh, the Homestead one that you brought up, I'll tell you real quick. Um, they were down, I believe it was 17-10 at halftime. So they're down one score. And Homestead came out in the second half, and they were kicking off, and they tried an onside kick, and Hartford got it and scored a couple of plays later to go up two scores, uh, 24-10. Uh, and Homestead made it close at the end. They did. They In, in typical Homestead f- uh, fashion, they didn't go away. They didn't, you know, they didn't uh, just uh, pack up the tent and go home. They fought hard. But for Hartford to get that win, man, big statement win. Hartford go to Homestead and get that win. So that's you're right. That that was pretty big. I was, uh, you know, all over the place with the new coaching um, out at Homestead. Now they have co- co-head coaches, and I, I went on the air and said, "Hey, I wonder who made the call to do to do the onside kick, being down one score, and when they didn't get it, does the other coach then look at that guy differently? You know how that goes." I, I, I don't know on the varsity level if, if, if co-head coaches um, is something you can do for a long time. Yeah, they better have great lines of communication. That's all I can say. And um, they, they really, really, really got to be on the same page philosophically. And I really hope the two of them um, communicated it before that decision's made so at least they kind of know. Because if they didn't, you're right. It's not going to last very long with uh, with co-head coaches. But uh, it can be done, but you don't see it done often, and you really don't see it uh, be sustainable. Because it's it's going to take the unique unique two. So like if it was McGivern and McMillan, we probably could make it work. But I don't know outside of that uh, how well anyone I, could be successful. I would have already <laughs> fired you, pal. I, you'd be uh, you know what? I would if you did the onside kick without telling me, and we didn't get it. If you got if you got it, I'd be like, all right, good call. If you didn't get it, man, get out. You're done. I'll see you later. Um, but that you're right. That was a really good win for uh, for for Hartford. And you know, last year was the first time in 18 years they didn't win that conference, and it was Hartford that beat them. And now you know Hartford gets a, gets a win against them on their home field. And and uh, I know that you know. I think Hartford is a, is a is a school that has turned the corner, and we'll talk to Dan Brunner about it because he had them at the top of the mountain, and they had a couple of dips, and now you know I think they've done a nice job of getting back, being very relevant in this conference. And Grafton is the other one that you know good win for them last night, and we had some fun talking to those boys last week, and you know I got uh, I got a chance to talk to you know the pretty boy that. The uh, the wide receiver. I was going back and forth with his dad over the right. weekend, and he was laughing. He said, "Now nah, he he was not offended. You calling him a pretty boy? He's had some pretty big games, and and so that was a good win for them." Hey, let's get to a break. Other side of the break, Dan Brunner, executive director of the WFCA, and we'll just check check in with Dan for a segment or two and make sure things are going okay from his uh, from his eyes, and then maybe talk to him about this playoff idea that uh, has been floated out and starting to get some legs. I'm starting to get some questions on it, and we'll ask him on the other side of the break. This is the Varsity Blitz High School Football Coaches Show presented by your local pick-and-save stores on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. Welcome back to the Varsity Blitz High School Football Coaches Show presented by your local pick-and-save stores on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. I'm Mike McGivern. My co-host is the Athletic Director of Muskego. He's Ryan McMillan. 
We're now joined by the executive director of the WFCA's Dan Brunner. Hey, Dan, how you doing? Good. Good morning, Mike. Good morning, Ryan. Hey, Dan, before we get into a bunch of stuff with the WFCA, boy, how good of a job is, is John doing over at, at Hartford? you got to be really proud of him. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. I know. I, I, I listened to that game last night, uh, and, you know, just hanging in there, hoping they would hold on, and they did. I mean, they did a great job, and he was my D coordinator when I was there, and uh, you, you couldn't find a better, better uh, individual on and off the field. Dan, you know when when you were the head coach at Hartford, they were at a, they were at a level where you couldn't get in on a Friday night, and keep, people were sitting up in the hills and all that. And there was a dip a little bit. Um, and and John seems to ha- have done a, a job where he's getting getting them back um, into a really high level of of playing football. And and I I just imagine that people from Hartford could not be happier. Yeah, I mean it. Again, you know, it's it's that one horse town where Friday nights, uh, you know, it just got to be this huge event. You know, people they'd go have their fish fry at the mine shaft, and then they'd all head over there. And like you said, Mike, you know, the the people that didn't get in and pack the stands, they uh, they'd have that hillside covered uh, and have their lawn chairs, and, and it just was a big event on Friday. And John has uh, really restored that that feeling and that electricity around around that team. And, and kids, you know, it's gotten to the point now where kids are just, again, looking forward to, to being a Hartford Oriole when they get to high school. They're, the high school kids coach the youth kids. And, you know, they look up to them, and it, it's just a neat situation. And John, is, he's been there the whole time. Boy, that uh, I, I love stories like that. They uh, they got another one, t- another tough game next week at Whitefish Bay, um, and they're two and zero. Interesting, you know, people looked at the score that that they had last week against Nicolay, and Nicolay kind of hung in a little bit, twenty seven seventeen. Well, Nicolay, mm-hmm. you know, they beat Slinger handily last night. Yeah. So Nicolay yeah. is is no joke. Cedarburg uh, is awfully good. So the conference is good. And Whitefish Bay is is coming up next, and and they're gonna have to strap it on because you know Jake Walter's gonna have Whitefish Bay completely oh, yeah. ready for that, and to to go and beat Homestead at Homestead, you know Homestead did Ryan, they had a couple of home losses in conference last year, uh, but prior to that it had been a long time, and and uh, be interesting to see how Homestead um, reacts to getting beat at home uh, to Hartford. Hey Dan, we are um, almost completely through week two of this modified schedule. Um, your eyes through the executive director of the WFCA, how are things been going? Good. Uh, you know, good overall. I, I, I just think our coaches and our administrators throughout the state are, they're doing everything the right way. Um, we've only had a couple of hiccups. Um, it, it, to my knowledge, the only schools that I know that have opted to now go to the spring after starting in the fall. I, I, I think Amro is one of them. Um, I'm, and I in Green Bay, Notre Dame. Uh, so I'm not sure if I missed any others. I may have. But overall, I, I just think the coaches are doing a wonderful job. And, and of course, the players have bought in and, and are doing what their coaches tell them and, and are staying safe. Hey Ryan, you uh, and we've had this conversation, but you agree with with Dan um, 
as far as you know, coaches trying to hold kids accountable and making sure that we we stay safe because if if they're not, then you know we we're going to have to shut this thing down. So I think that Dan is correct with that. Yeah, I agree wholeheartedly. I think that's the only way we get our society to act civically responsible is get these kids back in school and start educating them. And and I can speak from experience last night that uh, we had a whole student section of of kids that came in and you know had they not come in and and had we not met with them had had they not been receptive to it i don't know that they would ever have you know worn a mask outside or done anything else but because we wanted to be in a football game we're able to cross that bridge and now when they go to other events and other places um throughout society they realize wearing a mask isn't all that bad and it's going to be okay and we can still enjoy ourselves and we just kind of end the debate and we just keep moving forward as a society and and connect kids and and keep things moving and um on a side note dan have you heard of any teams that pulled the pull i'm going to say a minnesota if you will where they said they were going to play in the spring and now they flip back and have started to go in the fall again other than Marquette and Wisconsin Lutheran? No, it, Ryan, those are the only two that I'm aware of. Um, you know, And they always wanted to play in the fall, and it, it was just the, the uh, city of Milwaukee uh, health department that was holding them back. And those are the only two that I'm aware of. Uh, but, but just to echo on what you said, Ryan, you know, this is just another example of, of how athletics is such a, a great tool uh, for teaching, and, and as Ryan said, civic responsibility. And, you know, that's maybe one of the silver linings in this whole pandemic is that it's an opportunity to, you know, another opportunity to teach these kids uh, how and why to do the right thing. And, and I think for the most part, they're doing that. Yeah, I think that that I agree with 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 you on that for sure. And I think that people understand the severity of this and they understand. And even look, when I was that age and I don't know about you guys, I'd Brunner, you're probably more like I was in McMillan because he's an <laughs> Irish guy. But when we were 16, 17 years old, we didn't look at, you know, problems like this is look, you can't mess with me. This is all about me because, you know, don't you know yeah. who I am type stuff. And I think that these kids have done a much better job and, and maybe their parents and, and, and these coaches have done a good job of explaining, look, if you want to go and do this, if you're going to get together with a group of, you know, your friends and not social distance, not wear your mask, you understand what could happen at this point as far as, you know, whether you get sick or not, but you could get it and spread it, and all of a sudden the football season is shut down because of you, and you don't want that. So I think that that we've done a pretty good job, but things do change, Dan, for sure. And you mm-hmm. always got to be careful of, you know, saying, "Hey, you know, in three weeks we're going to play this team." I think what Ryan did and the people at Muskego, as far as you know, let's let's do homecoming and parents' night and get it out of the way so we we know we get it in it was a really smart move by the people at Muskego yesterday. Yeah, great move. Great move. Yep, you get it done. Hey, um, how much contact do you have, Dan, with with all the coaches throughout the state? And do you get? You don't have to name names, but have you gotten many calls from guys that now are waiting for for September or waiting for spring? Excuse me, and and going, man. I, you know what? Why are we doing this? You know, there's there's schools down the road playing football. Why aren't we doing it now? Yeah, not not too many um, calls on the record. I've talked to some people off the record who who um, regret 
that they're not able to give it a shot or did not give it a shot. Um, but, you know, I think it's like everything. It's, you know, once, once the decision was made, uh, they'd rather not do the, the 2020 hindsight thing. They're just, you know, okay, you know, this is where we're at. You know, we made that decision, and there's no, no reason to pout about it now. You know, let's just get ready for what we've got in front of us and make sure that we can pull it off in the spring. That's kind of the attitude I've, I've heard from the people I've talked to. Yeah, I you know, I've heard that too. And, and being a radio guy, you get uh, you get a lot of uh, off-the-record comments from yeah. people all over the place. And I've gotten a few of those as well where they said, look, I, I, I will not go on the record on this. Um, and I know what they're doing is is just making sure that we're safe and our kids are safe. But man, there's a school that's three miles down the road that are now you know in the middle of practice or now has already had a game under their belt, and they've learned a lot of stuff. And we could be learning this as well because th- their thought is, are we actually going to play football when the spring comes? Right, I agree. Yeah, that that's the tough part. Hey guys, let's get to a break. Dan, last week um, we were having a conversation, Ryan and I, on, on some ideas that some people have come up with as far as is there a chance that we can modify this idea of just having two weeks after the regular season for playoffs and can we actually get to a point that maybe we can name a state champion? And there, I got a lot of people calling me about the conversation that we had, and I want we want to talk to you a little bit about it and see where what the thought process is for the WFCA right now when it comes to postseason with high school football. So can we hold you over for one more segment? Sure, that's fine. Excellent. He is Dan Brunner, Executive Director of the WFCA. This is the Varsity Blitz High School Football Coaches Show presented by your local pick-and-save stores on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. Welcome back to the Varsity Blitz High School Football Coaches Show presented by your local pick-and-save stores on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. I'm Mike McGiver. My co-host is Ryan McMillan, the athletic director at Muskego, and we're joined by Dan Brunner, executive director of the WFCA. Hey, Ryan, can you talk a little bit about some of the things that we were chatting about last week with at least some ideas that have been floated to try to take that two-game post um, season after the regular season's over with high school football and maybe trying to get to uh, uh, a path of having a state champion? think the general premise was due to the number of teams and and where we're at in the season and timelines and everything that obviously nobody wants to be playing till Christmas but uh, uh, some probably would if they had the opportunity but that's neither here nor there Um, but taking a look at we already had the 13th and the 20th you know blocked off as potential like regional sectional type uh, host sites and then the, the we floated the idea of could we go level, you know, quarterfinals, semifinals on November 13th and 20th, and then could we play a state finals on November 30th, which is backed up to a weekend, but would give coaches 10 days to navigate the Thanksgiving holiday and have a day off or two days off uh, for a travel day and things for people to to find family, see family, do what they, they might want to do, but then also... Um, 
back it up to a weekend to allow people to uh, travel and, and get situated for that state game as well. But I think the general premise relied around what we kind of saw back in the 80s, and I think we brought up 1986 and looked at that Division One bracket where it, it came out to be pretty regional in the pairings anyway, but the eight teams played it out, and I think the thought process was taking conference champs and whatever those conference champs are and, and listing them all out and then breaking them out by groupings of eight. And if we need to add a wild card or if there's a co-champion, if there's other things in there and just cutting it, you know, straight enrollment down the list and, and moving forward, I think, uh, you know, the, the interesting part is we, we do have to be willing to continue to play football uh, during deer hunting season and obviously um, Thanksgiving, which has historically been um, uh, a no-go in our state. But I think with this unique pandemic times and what we're hearing from some of the other schools around, at least our area anyway, is is if we're in it, uh, our people are so happy to be in it that we would be willing to uh, give up a season of deer hunting to, to finish, especially for the seniors to try and finish out the uh, the high school state championship and, and get to that level and if it has to go to local regional hosts and have high schools hosted and athletic directors i could tell you from my standpoint i'd be happy to get involved and do whatever i need to do to to help the wia and not make it not make it a burden on the wia or the wfca for that matter because wfca has always been fully ingrained and everything playoffs with the w or with the wia and it's uh I think initially when we were initially talking, and Dan, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but when we initially started looking at calendars, I think everyone was trying to line the calendar up so that we could have three levels of playoff initially. And then obviously, you know, things change and you don't always have control over when you're, when you're answering to a board of control, you don't always have control over how things landed. But I think, uh, yeah. I think if we could get there, it, it, we could, it's going to take all of us to make it work, and then we'll have to work together. But uh, I think we could do it. Yeah, and uh, and you're right, Ryan. Uh, initially, you know, our proposal initially was to get things going a week earlier, which would have given us that three-week playoff where we could have, and I don't want to say easily, but a lot more easily got in a state championship game for each division. Uh, I know, you know, we've been in constant contact with the WIAA, and there seems to be a real um, line in the sand regarding the end of the season being November 20th. You know, every every time we floated an option um, past them, uh, that seems to be the, the cutoff. You know, anything past the 20th is a no-go. And so... We kind of switched our thinking. We've had a number of coaches contact us um, with proposals, and this is just in my mind, and and I'm going to be talking to uh, Wade again because this is the the week to make the decision because it's um, we're getting to that 30 days out, which is what the uh, WIAA said uh, that would be when they would decide the playoff format. And, I mean, there, there is an opportunity, and I think there's, a, to, you know, to crown a, a state champ in each division, but it, it's going to be, it's going to have to go back to the way it was. I mean, I'm, I'm looking at back in 1980, um, the, 
I was coaching at St. Francis at the time, and that's when the WIAA, they would select the teams that were in the playoffs. And it was it was just such a different time back then. But I think you'd, you'd almost, you could do it where you would pick four teams in each division, and, and basically all you're going to have is a two-week playoff uh, where those four teams would be decided on whatever criteria is established in each division, and that those are your four contenders uh, for the state championship, kind of like the college playoff system where, okay, you got you got two games. you got a semifinal game, and now you got a final game. And um, to me, that under the the cards that were dealt right now, that, that seems to be the only way we could get a state champion crowned. Otherwise, you're going to, you know, it's going to turn into a regional champ. Um, you know, you'd have more teams involved in a regional championship, but this way, you know, it would allow us to get a state champion in each division. So we'll see what happens uh, this week. Ryan, your feeling on that? Yeah, I mean, I guess my initial gut is it it can be done. I think uh, obviously we'll we'll lose some very good football teams that are are playing and are working hard this fall. And you know, as long as something can be done, I think that's great. I, I also I don't I don't always understand why we we can't cross November 20th date um, but I, I, I'm sure there's a strong why and a, a strong rationale behind it um, something tells me if the Board of Control thought differently things would change um, but I just it, I just think it's a unique year and if there's a year that to give it a try this is the year and if we go to the, the, the top four teams uh, then so be it it just uh, Hopefully, all those teams that have earned that right could could get there. And the whole my whole thing is providing hope to kids and and keeping kids engaged, so we can continue to go back and and teach all of those principles that we talked about earlier in the show of of civic responsibility and keeping kids moving forward and and having that platform and not losing that platform. I do know we can continue to schedule games, and you know if the WI says you know end the season at this date, you're going to see. You're going to see games getting scheduled uh, across the state. Playoffs are not up to that date. I'm I'm pretty sure on that because people will want to continue to keep going. But uh, yeah, it's interesting. I I hope there's a, I hope there's a strong, compelling why behind the scenes. I hope it's uh, student student driven and, and focused. And and if I can help in any way, I'm happy to help. Hey Dan, for as long as I've been doing this show, and I think probably as long as you have been. You know, coaching, the, the WI, they, they dig their heels in the sand with anything and any conversation that talks about going past deer hunting season. And have you ever figured that that whole thing out for why, why they've, they've been so adamant about that for so many years? No, and it, you know, we've gone through a, no, a number of executive directors at the WIAA Don Herman and Doug Chickering and, you know, Dave Anderson. It's like, I, I don't, I don't know all the um, behind the scenes workings of the WIAA. You know, I know we've never had a better working relationship with them than we Correct. do at present. Um, so, 
you know, it's a conversation we continue to have, but it, it just, we, it's just always that, that line. And it's no, we can't go beyond that. And the border control backs them up on that. So, you know, you know, so they're, they're beholden to them. Um, and that's kind of where it always falls back on. I'll tell you, know, you when I, I talk to hey, Ryan, when I talk to guys from different states and 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 people that I know from you know Minnesota or Michigan or Denver or whatever, and we talk high school football, and I make that comment, they think I'm kidding, like they think it's some sort of joke, and I go, no, no, I'm serious. And they go, Are you, well, do you think a kid would miss playing in the state final of a football game to go deer hunting? And I go, I, I don't think so, but there are people in northern Wisconsin that go, yeah, they, they would miss a football game, a state final, to go deer hunting. And I go, but they, they can go deer hunting the next day, right? Yeah. You know, Mike, I mean, and, and to that point where you kind of said, having taught in the Northwoods and up at Anago for a few years, and we, we were able to make a playoff run the year I was up there, it, you know, the deer hunting is important to the culture up there, but what I noticed is our kids wouldn't miss football for anything. Uh, and they were, a few of them were getting up at uh, the crack of dawn. They went out and sat in the deer stand for two hours, came to school, did football practice, and went right back to the deer stand. Um, so, I mean, there's a strong, compelling why there. And I can say, you know, the other sports are starting on uh, deer hunting and they're starting on Thanksgiving and our, our wrestling coaches for example are figuring out how do we start practice on the week of Thanksgiving because they've always kind of been established before that and so I, from the other sports perspectives at least in our school they're always willing to work with any team that's making a run or pushing the pushing the envelope for the state championship and um, it's interesting well we will we will continue to, to talk about this and probably have Wade on and and uh, I know that I've asked him in the past, and he just says it's a non-starter. It's a non-starter. Yeah. So figure it out some other way. But but if you get if you give if you send something our way that that we go past this date, um, the answer is no. And I've never been able to get to have somebody say, well, this is exactly. They say, well, this is the way it's always been. Well, guess what? This year is so different that everybody's doing things way different than the way they always used to be. So um, I, I'm with Ryan. If there's ever a year that we're going to attempt this and try it and see what the, the reaction is, this would be the year. And we'll continue to, to beat that drum if we can. Dan Brenner, thank you. I, I just always appreciate the time that you give this show and, and uh, the, the willingness that you you know come on and, and let us ask you anything we want to ask you. You don't run from any of the stuff that we talk to you about. So thank you for that. Yeah, thanks. You guys do a great job. Thank you. I appreciate Thanks, it. Dan. I carry my back hurts all the time after these shows from carrying McMillan on this thing. I'll <laughs> yeah, tell you right. that. <laughs> yeah, right. Hey, we're going to get to a break. Other side of the break, our UW Credit Union Team of the Week. Their coach is going to join us. And uh, you know what? This is a good win for this team and this program. And I look forward to talking to him on the other side. This is the Varsity Blitz High School Football Coaches Show presented by your local pick-and-save stores on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. What team stood out from the rest? What team took their game to another level on the field, court, or in their community? Because these are my streets. 
Let's find out who is this week's UW Credit Union Team of the Week. UW Credit Union, for secure mobile banking that's easy to use. Join UW Credit Union. Well, we had a lot of choices, uh, Mr. McMillan, and we went back and forth with a number of them. And, uh, you know, we could have talked about Nicolay. We had Nicolay as our UW Credit Union Team of the Week last year one time, and they, get, they, they beat up on Slinger, and, and Coach Moroder and those guys are doing a nice job. They're getting that, that program going again. And we talked about Wauwatosa West. Wauwatosa West hung in with uh, Catholic Memorial, and then uh, they, they, they played really well last night. And then we talked about Wauwatosa East, and we both came up with, uh, you know, Wauwatosa East getting a, a win against a, a, a pretty good New Berlin West team, I think, is, is probably our choice. And, and you agreed as we went through that conversation. There was a number, of, like I said, number of teams that we could have selected. But you know what? We, uh, we decided that it was, uh, was Wauwatosa East. And Dave Pfeiffer's been coaching for a while, and I reached out to Dave and said, hey, can you come on? And he said, yep. We're now joined by the head football coach at Wauwatosa East. Our UW Credit Union Team of the Week is, uh, is Wauwatosa East. Tate, um, Dave, good win last night. Yeah, the kids really hung tough. Um, it was against a nice program. Ben's done a good job at, at West, and our kids hung tough. I was proud of them. Yeah, I would be really proud of him. Dave, I've always, um, for as long as I coach basketball, I thought the toughest job to do is to turn the culture of, because losing's easy. It's really easy to do. Ah, oh, we're going to lose again. Ah, oh, we lose all the time. We're, we, we, we don't win. And to, to turn the culture of, you know, getting kids to understand how difficult it is to play four quarters and finish your opponent off. To finish it off, don't don't look around at who's going to make the mistake today. Trust your teammates, trust your coaches, trust the process, and let's play for four quarters and get a win. Do you agree with that, that it's very difficult to get kids to, to learn how to win? Absolutely. I know, you know, I was at Sheboygan South for over a decade, and when I took that job in the uh, mid-90s, you know, they were a 39-game losing streak, and uh, when we left there, it was quite a bit of a different culture, but it takes time. And then Keller Moraine wasn't quite as uh, negative or bad a situation when I took it over, but I think the culture was changed when I left there. And uh, We're heading the right direction at East. Um, it's, it's a challenge without question. Uh, it's easy when things go bad to you know point fingers and doubt yourself and lose your confidence, and that's arguably the most important thing we're trying to fix. Hey, Dave, when, when uh, Joe Cook was my, my co-host and, and Ryan McMillan, I think we'll, we'll just uh, kind of smile at this, but Joe was uh, brought in a, um, a laptop one, one Saturday morning, and he said, hey, look, let me tell you the difference between a program that understands how to win and one that doesn't. And he brought out the game film from the night before, and he showed me a bunch of plays in the first three quarters of where his safety lined up on certain defenses. And he said, you see where he is? And I go, yeah. He goes, so he's exactly where he's supposed to be. And the last 
They were up by four with two minutes to go, and the opposing team got the ball at uh, their own 20-yard line. And he said, now watch the safety. The safety doesn't trust the cornerback. And you can see him moving over every play a little bit closer, a little bit closer, thinking he's got to help the corner. And we get beat by a, a seam route by a running back going straight down the middle, exactly where our safety is supposed to be. And we lose the game. Because he didn't trust the corner, and he moved over. He trusted him for three and a half quarters. And then all of a sudden, in his mind, he had to help that kid. He didn't have to help the kid. He had to be where he had to be and let us worry about this. And he goes, that's the difference. That There is the difference between winning a game and losing a game because we have one kid that doesn't trust another kid on the field. I, I won't debate that in the least. I know... As as the game got very tight toward the end and West was driving the football, um, we used a couple timeouts just to settle down the, the defensive kids because similar situation. We had guys all of a sudden um, trying to do too much. And basically the timeouts revolved around a pretty simple phrase about 50 times. It's do what your coach to do. Get your eyes where your coach to keep them. And... You know, we were fortunate uh, at the end of the game, but it all worked out well for us. Hey, Ryan, you you agree with, with that as far as trying to change a culture that is used to losing, um, how difficult it is to get kids to believe. And if you can get the kids to believe, then maybe the school believes and maybe the community believes and maybe the families believe. But these kids are so used to having kids in the hallway saying, well, man, you lost again, huh? That kind of stuff. Oh yeah, it uh, and what coach just said too. It's it's. I had another influential coach in my career. I always say, you know, be in the moment, be where your feet are. Nothing else kind of matters. Just play this play, and and then we'll play the next play. And we're not gonna win on this play. We're not gonna lose on this play. But we're gonna try and win this play in terms of win or lose a game. And uh, it, it's tough, you know. There's a lot of uh, there's a lot of that that permeates in a in a school and in a community where it's so easy to take shots at folks when things are not going well. Yep. But it's it's tough. You're either part of the problem or you're part of the solution. And I can tell you, you know, listening to Coach Pfeiffer talk, he he, he sounds a little tired because he's been working hard, but he's doing sure. a great job. And uh, I can attest to him flipping cultures because I, I watched Kettle Moraine uh, change course uh, as we were competing against him, and, and he did a really nice job there. And, and I'm not surprised to see Tosa East starting to knock on the door here. Hey, I uh, when I was coaching basketball, I, I remember one time, and it was a team that had, you know, school that had lost a lot, and and we were going. I think at that point, with about four minutes to go, we we're up ten or twelve, and and all of a sudden they had cut it to four because our kids just stopped doing the things that we were doing and I took a timeout and I said guys I get paid 1.2 million dollars to coach this team which means I know what I'm talking about do what we've practiced do what we did for the first three and a half you know quarters here and let's just get this thing done but do what I you know do what we were doing we're okay and you know we ended up winning the game and in the locker room I had a kid come over and say coach you really get paid 1.2 million dollars and I go are you kidding me like, I can't believe we just won a game if you're that f- so foolish that you think I'm getting paid $1.2 million to coach this team. I was just trying to make a point. And, uh, 
Well, I'll tell you, Dave, I'm, I'm really excited that you guys got that win, and we're proud to have you as, as this week's UW Credit Union Team of the Week. And you went against some, some other schools that were really well-deserving, and um, we look forward to coming over. And, and what will happen next week, Dave, I'll be in touch, and Chris Kavadovic, who is our sales rep that handles UW Credit Union for Intercom, has a beautiful trophy that he'd like to come over um, to a practice next week and present it to you and your team. And uh, we're just we're proud of you guys. And, and you certainly, you know, when you look at the at the schedule, you got a couple of tough weeks coming up. You're at Catholic Memorial and and the Berlin Eisner are coming to your place in a couple of weeks and the Lake Country Lutheran. But let's uh, let's celebrate this win and and we'll go over. We'll come over and see you next week at practice if that's OK with you. First thing, Ryan, thank you very much for the kind words. I appreciate it. But thank you very, very much. I appreciate it, uh, representing East. And, again, the kids hung tough, and we're looking forward to you coming to our practice. Thank you. Yeah, you bet. He is Dave Pfeiffer, the head coach at uh, Tosa East, our UW Credit Union Team of the Week. We're going to get to a break. Stick around. Other side of the break, our current electric superhero of the week. And uh, she is. They, they've all been good. This girl is uh, exceptional. She is, and, and, and like I told Ryan early on, she gave me all the things she's involved with, and 10 minutes later sent me a text that said, oh yeah, I forgot I'm part of the National Honor Society. That would be on my forehead. I would tell everybody that. She forgot that's how busy she is. Paris wouldn't. Greendale High School will join us next, again, with the Kern Electric Superhero of the Week. This is the Varsity Blitz High School Football Coaches Show presented by your local pick-and-save stores on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply.